No, no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Back again, unlike uh, two Premier League managers who have been sacked in the past two weeks. They won't be back again. They won't be back again. Uh, but we're back doing what we love doing. Yeah, what an eventful week it's been. Some really big games on the Premier League draw card and some people out of a job. It's absolute flux in the uh, managerial departments. Yeah, the revolving... Few appointments too. Yeah, yeah, indeed, which we'll get onto as well. So yeah, the revolving door of... Uh, managers has once again started spinning um so firstly we'll get into the two biggest games of the weekend because obviously some big clashes happened uh we'll start with liverpool west ham yeah sounds that, good sounds good yeah so um west we've touched we've touched on west ham a lot over the past you know a few episodes haven't we like about how good they are but uh they went a step further dealing liverpool their first loss in seven months and 25 games any takeaways it was it was a very good game. I think a, cu- a couple of things go slightly differently and L- Liverpool win it. But I think a, b- a big one for me was that Allison had a pretty poor game. Mm. I think the first one he complains about a foul. It's he, just it's just not a foul. He for, should do for, way better from Antonio. He just gets muscled out. It's never a foul. The second one it was a pretty tame shot from um, Fornells. And yeah, the third one, I don't know, just a bit hapless. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I thought like, we've seen, I've seen Arsenal keepers complain about the same thing that happened in that uh, for the first goal. And I've, and I've, like, I've been like, nah, it's just got, keepers got to do better there. You just got to be strong. Like, yeah, you're impeded a little bit, but like go for a punch, do anything. You got hands to it. Like if you had a, not just flapped at it, you would have been done better. Like just punch it or literally anything than just flapping your hands at it. It's almost like you'd given up on it and was trying to go for the foul before he, before the ball even got to him. Yeah. That's that, that's what I read from it, the way he went down. It was just, I don't know. You've got to be a lot stronger. Yeah. You're a big bloke. <laughs> but that is, that, that is a big thing that West Ham have going for them. I mean, their second goal was fluid. But yeah, two goals from from set set pieces. They've got a big team. Yeah, and it's a big advantage to they have got the big like like lots of tall centre backs. The two six foot two plus midfielders, Antonio. Like yeah, lots of big boys. Uh, but yeah, like don't, we won't harp on about it for, forever. But like um, West Ham, for the moment, keep keep up, keep proving everyone or well, not everyone wrong, but keep showing that like despite European football and despite you know. Uh, the extra games they seem to be up for the task and they're pushing for Champions League football and like every, and like I keep thinking to myself like oh but on paper their squad's not, not as good as everyone else's but maybe it is and maybe we just haven't been giving credit to the whole team as a whole I think yeah I, th- I think it's definitely going to be it's it's going to be difficult because it is a long season and things are going their way at the moment I, there was a few moments in, in that game that didn't quite go Liverpool's way, and I thought West Ham might have been a bit lucky. There was one where Trent put in Robertson, and he crossed the ball back to Mane, and Mane hit it straight at um, oh, yeah. Fabianski. There was a few moments like that where I just think, when you're in form, it's going your way. But One thing that interesting that happened in that game is that Angelo Ogbonna suffered not 
a full-on like tear but an ACL injury so it's not known how long he'll be out but that's one of their starting centre-backs is now out that's a big loss the, the first of what like you know this there, there's always like one injury that starts but a potential like tipping point of lots of injuries so Craig Dawson or Issa Diop comes in for him uh, solid but like not Ogmana so we'll see how they handle that with their extra schedule as well but um, it'll be interesting to see moving forward like you said everything's been going very well for them they've been without injuries except for a couple of like bench players this is their first real first team player who's been out. So yeah. Og- Ogbon is definitely definitely a big yeah. out. Maybe that'll be the the turning point. <laughs> the turning point. <laughs> One thing, um, obviously everyone's been harping on about how good um Declan Rice is, and like we've said it countless times, he's a midfielder that uh, is just unbelievably good at the moment. Um, we've also harped on about how he he would transform United's midfield. That's another thing for another time. But something we've talked about a little bit off air is that like. Even though they lost, this game for me just solidified Trent, how good Trent Alexander-Arnold is. Like a hundred percent, get game, absolute game changer. And there was yeah that moment late in the game, another one of these that didn't quite go Liverpool's way, where he crossed the ball to the back post for Sadio Mane. Mane should score that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like we were saying off like saying off air again, comparing him to Reese James. <laughs> <laughs> Reese James is a very solid right back who works well in a, in a good team, but he's not a player that can take on a game like Trent. And yeah, yeah, completely transform a game. Like I, Trent had the free kick. I think he had an assist as well, and then had at least three or four big chances created off his own foot throughout that game as well. It's just ridiculous. But moving on, uh, West Ham looking real good. Liverpool falter, but like against Brighton last week and this week, but I still think they're. They're all right. They'll probably beat us after the international break. So, yeah. I just think it was like, yeah, everything going right for West Ham and they still almost drawed it. Yeah. So, I think they're looking pretty good. Although, like, the injury to Firmino is a bit of a worry, but, like, Jota, Jota like, could have scored more. Like, he he had a couple of headed chances he didn't score, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they have they do have the squad depth to cope without Firmino for, for a little while. Is it a big injury? It's a hamstring, so it's not okay. too big. Yeah. I thought Origi looked good as well, though. Like maybe he get, maybe he gets more of a go with Firmino out. Yeah, that was a great finish, but yeah, M- more of a rotation player. Yeah, perhaps. yeah, true. Uh, all right, and moving on to the second big game of this week, which is the Manchester Derby. Uh, kind of predictable. I don't think we gave a prediction on this last week, but we could have seen this coming. Like I know Manchester United have had the number over City, and Ollie's had the number over Pep more times than not over since Oli took the wheel but uh I couldn't I couldn't believe that when I saw that stat I think it was, there was no other manager who'd beaten Pep more more often head to head than Oli yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah like despite all of those things we, we anyone could have seen this coming the way United had been playing yeah but they both had they both had bad wait did they both have bad losses the week before yeah the loss to Palace and the loss to Liverpool yeah yeah so both were likely to bounce back, but I think a uh, city were always going to be stronger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, it was just a case of like two 0 up at half time, and like a diabolical depend- defending for the second goal, especially. And then City just coasted really for the whole second half. They didn't really need to do anything more than they did. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Like we've spoken about, I think almost every episode we've mentioned about how dire United situation and they've now almost dropped out of the European spots they're still hanging on to 6th for the moment but like there's teams closing in on them 
and the games don't get really get any easier uh, for at least for a few more weeks. So, yeah, and and I suppose you just can't see United sort of pulling the pulling the pin on 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 Ali anytime soon, especially with all the changes in managers. It's going to be a lot of managers sort of snapped up. Yeah, who would be good replacements? The big loss to Liverpool, the Derby loss. I don't know. And it's almost like if you, like, and they, 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 like, Sky Sports came out after the Derby loss, saying like, there's no plans to get rid of Oli. And it's almost like if you can't get sacked for losing five 0 to Liverpool, two uh, 0 to City at home. Was that at home? City, the Derby. No. Anyway, regardless, uh, if you can't like get sacked after losing both those games, then like, what can you get sacked for? You know, really like. His next five, United's next five league games are against Watford, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, and then Norwich. But like those, like the Watford game, if they don't win that, it's looking really bleak for the next three because Chelsea, they'll lose that. Almost 100% they'll lose that. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, hey, I would have said they would have beat us at the start of the season. Now, not so sure. I don't want to sound like overconfident, but like we've got seven clean sheets in 10 games and they can, and they concede every week. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, there's sort of there's sort of trends at the moment. Uh, United sort of going down, and Arsenal have sort of made a charge up the table. Yeah. So, and then Palace are looking shit hot as well. Yeah. Like, well, not shit hot, but they're looking much better. Palace like, are Palace are a good team. So, like, yeah, and plus they're plus like they're top. Like, I think I think what Oli's hanging on to right now is the fact that they're top of his um the of the Champions League group. Yeah. But all, again, all thanks to Ronaldo. All thanks to Ronaldo. <laughs> like he's literally bailing them out every week. Mm. But yeah, I, I I don't know. Like it's a bit of a non-story at this point. But well, I I suppose it seems at this point that he's likely to get until at least January. So what what do you think he needs to do by January? I think well, I think he needs to be in the knockout stage of the Champions. Be League. in the knockout stage of the Champions League. He needs to. Of these next five games, take at least nine points. At least. He has to win one of those tough games against Chelsea, Arsenal or Palace and then win the two gimmies. Or not gimmies, but like much easier games against Watford or Norwich. Has to. If he, get, if he gets like anything less than nine points from 15, yeah, that's not great. But like he's, he probably won't result in him getting sacked. But for me, that's, that's, that's the standard. Yeah. And there's more games even before January after, after the game against Norwich. But like, yeah. He just needs to start winning games. I don't. I, I don't know. Like, there's no really quantifiable thing with how this. Like, he seems to just be backed until whenever. What about you? What does he have to do for you? I don't know. Like, like you say, like he's he's coming off a big loss to Liverpool, um, and then and then a derby loss. So those things should seem to catalyze it. But yeah, if if you go through lose to Chelsea, lose to Watford, and then lose to Arsenal, surely all the noise around it is gonna. Push just has to come to shove at that point. If they lose those three points, they'll probably be something like yeah, eighth or ninth. So, do you think him not having to play Pogba now because Pogba could be out until the new year with an injury he picked up with the France national team? Oh yeah, I saw the video for that. Did you see? No, that? I didn't. What? <laughs> it just goes to kick the ball and he injures himself. And injures himself. Yeah. What a... <laughs> oh my god! It's one of those ones where you pass the ball and like knock someone knocks it off to the side. Oh, yeah. And goes for a shot like a volley. Like it's just a basic training drill. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Anyway, but like, do you think maybe he his situation could be helped by not having to shoehorn Pogba into the side? Or do you think the issues don't stem from Pogba? 
I don't think they stem from Pogba. I think, like we've said, they they, they need they they need a holding midfielder, and there's just no answer to it. Like Donny Van Der Beek might isn't going to do it. Yeah. Do you think Donny Van Der Beek gets more of a look in with Pogba out? Probably. Yeah. That that might yeah that might be one benefit to come out of it, but Donny Van Der Beek comes into a side that's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. You haven't played competitively in how long? Yeah. It's going to be, I don't know. I don't think he's the answer. <laughs> Before we move on, the last thing I want to say is because uh, is that I just think that I've been seeing a lot of criticism for Jaden Sancho, like no goals, no assist in however many appearances so far this season. The guy is 21 in a new league. Can we please give him some time? Yeah. Like everyone was like, oh, everyone was criticizing Timo Werner when he wasn't scoring. It's was like, Timo Werner is like 26. Mm. Like he's a fully fledged and he's prime professional. Like Jaden yeah. Sancho is a kid, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but he does start having to show a bit more. I think... The, the other thing that I sympathise with is this happens when players go to United. Yeah. Like, there's so much pressure, especially now that the team's not playing well, and that plays into it even more, given that he's given that he's so young. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. At the end of the day, you've, you've, you've got to get your numbers up. Yeah. But I guess the pressure mounts uh, on Ollie, and uh, that's the that's really where the buck stops is with him. Which and we'll see <laughs> how long he lasts and if he does get sacked. But speaking of sacked managers, <laughs> really went well into that one. <laughs> uh, Dean Smith was the first one we'll cover. Uh, sacked by Aston Villa. Um, Villa had lost their last five, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it hadn't been good. My personal takeaway before I throw to you for your thoughts is that I think... I thought personally he had... Li- I would have... Uh, from what Villa had achieved, like say, getting past relegation and getting up to eighth or ninth or wherever they finished last season, he had a bit more in the bank in terms of like trust and time. Yeah. But... I don't know what are you apparently, apparently we took over as well they were 15th in the championship yeah so and went on a 10 game winning streak got to the playoffs and got in so yeah and I, I, obviously I, apparently he's like a Villa fan from from a young age as well I just feel like yeah probably could have given him a bit more time especially when it doesn't seem like that's a very clear replacement yeah like they, they've had a, a difficult run with Essentially, Leon Bailey being injured. I think that's been the biggest thing. Because when I watched him play when, when Aston Villa beat us, and he just lit it up when he came on. Um, so, yeah. Would potentially been more just to give him a bit more time with Leon Bailey in the side. But, yeah. Has he, is Leon Bailey back from injury now? I don't think so, no. Yes, yeah. It's just, it's just bad luck, I, I said to you. But something that you said again when we were just talking off-air the other day is that like maybe people were starting to realise that it was less Dean Smith and more Jack Grealish that was the catalyst for the, the success that Villa have. And, like, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's part of it. But there are, I just, I don't know, like, something maybe that they were like, he had Jack Grealish to help him do all these things. Now we need a manager who can do more with less, maybe? Yeah. Is the way of thinking? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it was definitely the case that Everything Villa did well last season came through Jack Grealish. Again, to to come back to the signings, they they got tried to cover his goals with Danny Ings, tried to cover his assists and sort of creative play with Leon Bailey. 
And who who was the other? Emmy Buendia. Emmy Ben Buendia. He he hasn't fired since he came. So I think they were trying to cover the attributes, and I think it it just hasn't really. This this is for me like it's a little bit unrelated, but this is for me is why it's always risky to bank on and spend large amounts of money on players who do really well in the championship. Yeah. Because there's no guarantee that they'll step up. Yes, he had one season championship experience, uh, Premier League experience with Norwich two seasons before, but he got one goal and seven, and like seven assists in when the, he was in the Premier League. Yeah, for Norwich that season, and like I just I, I, I was annoyed at the time when Arsenal didn't get him, but like I, I thought about it and I was like thirty five million pounds on a player who's like not really proven in the Premier League is a is a risk, and it's proven to be like he he's he's not even started half the games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. He he obviously hasn't done well, and and I suppose you're right. When um, he had he had one season in the Premier League, and that that those numbers aren't really good. Um, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, no, no, that's what, that's what I was going to say. When <laughs> when you've got that much money come in from Jack Grealish, it's almost like. You know, you you're just willing to spend like it. Like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah, you're just you're just ready to just like hand over some money to 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 try and fix the problem. Um, Without yeah, being like too nasty. Maybe and smart maybe it about was it. being a bit rushed and not having experience. Like they don't go out and spend much money very often. So. Yeah, yeah. Has so much money, you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, and um, burned a hole in their pocket very quickly because they like, and also like you don't necessarily like. You don't necessarily have to spend all of it. Like, like you can find really good players that aren't super expensive. Like, I think there was this sort of like idea that like they got a hundred million for Grealish, so they're gonna have to spend a hundred million to replace that hole. It's like not necessarily. If you if your scouting is 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 right, you can find like Damari Gray's, for instance. Mm. Like, I'm not saying everyone's Damari Gray who's gonna light it up after being having one point five million spent on him, but like. The idea that you got to spur, go spend thirty five million on Buendia, twenty five million on Danny Ings, and twenty million on, on Leon Bailey, is like you know, and just like in a week, pretty much what happened. It's just like it seemed very kind of like, oh shit, let's do this, you know? Like, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. But you're also a bit damned if you do and damned if you don't because if you if you don't spend the money and you you get you know the numbers that Aston Villa have got this season. Then everyone's going to be saying, "Where was the money?" You, yeah, you, you should have done more. Yeah, it, it, I, I think yeah, it's it's been difficult with Buendia and Leon Bailey's injuries, but I think Ings has been an interesting one as well. Like he has, it doesn't really fit. No, I, I him, also him and um, Watkins. Yeah, I also because I, like he has started a few. He had a good few first games of the season, scored a few goals with Watkins out. But you're right when when I when they made that signing, I was like. But the whole last season, you didn't play with two up top. You just played with Watkins, and that was what brought you success. Why would you alter from that? Now, same thing with, like, I, I thought Twan Xavier was, like, an extra centre-back, but they would stay with the back four, but then they went to a back three. And I'm just like, why are you changing? Like, just because you've lost Jack Grealish doesn't mean you should change your entire system. Yeah. And, like, another player who, like, continuously scores goals for them, but then barely gets a uh, Two players, actually, that have barely got a look in El Ghazi and Bertrand Traore. Like, yeah, Chiro was so good. But they've season. barely played this season. It's just, and maybe this is what led to Dean Smith being sacked. Is just because like you've just gone away from what brought you success for no apparent reason. Yeah. And now where's the vision? He d- he did seem very set 
on Danny Ings and that might have been something mm. that he pushed because I think it was even before they got the, the money they, they signed Danny Ings ah okay but yeah it's it's true like like what why you change the system especially when you've got all these good sort of inside forward slash wide players like and apparently Bondi is playing out of position as well apparently he played on the right for Norwich predominantly and he's yeah playing, and he's playing, playing through the centre yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah he, he yeah he might have made some um, some mistakes but yeah it yeah. might be a little bit harsh too. yeah so it's, in terms of re- replacements uh, the only ones that have been linked so far by Sky Sports uh, is um, Gerard and Roberto Martinez I, I'd be surprised if either of those went ahead yeah yeah I was I was listening to Caro Car- Car- talk about it. he made a good point saying if you're Gerard at this point it, it is probably a good offer but there's just no real point to leave the Scottish Premier League where you're doing so well. Maybe get yourself a few more trophies, a few more years of experience before you come come back to the Premier League. Yeah. So. And, and also... I'm, I wouldn't go with Martinez. Yeah. Like, Martinez seems to be doing fine with Belgium. He's had his time in the Premier League. It was up and down. Like, I don't know. I think they need... Right now, they need just to like stop losing games. So you probably just want like a... You wouldn't want you wouldn't want a Steve Bruce, but you'd want like just a very solid, you know, replacement. Great, and like Graham Potter's probably like that would be a that would be a step sideways or a step down for him. So I don't think he'd take that. So I don't really know who they get. Uh, apparently, like like Frank Lampard, maybe, but like yeah, I assume maybe John Terry. John Terry, <laughs> even because he left. Yeah, yeah, sure, maybe. Could be a shame. Do you reckon he's ready? I'd probably understand the club. Sure well. would. True. I'm. Um, I'm not sure that he's ready though. I. I think. I think potentially Aston Villa would be. At the moment, it would be a step sideways slash down for for Potter, but it's a big club as True. well. It's a much bigger club than than Brighton, Hove Albion. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, there's no clear replacement, and that's probably again why there's why it's a bit of a dubious decision. Mm. Yeah. Do Do you think Terry could do it? No, I think he needs his first it's coaching job. Yet. Can't be Aston Villa, in my opinion. I reckon, but I th- potentially down the line. But like he left to like go get more experience, and I I don't think like, I think he needs like some cha- a championship team or a team that isn't in the Premier League because the Premier League is the hardest league to manage. It. Like you need to be very sound with what you're doing. So yeah, I don't know. Especially getting thrust in at this point, they've just lost five on the bounce. Yeah, some of their best players are out injured. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one. Uh, going from one tough job, t- tough job to another tough job. Uh, Daniel Farker, uh, also uh, twenty four hours before uh, Dean Smith was sacked by Norwich. Weirdly, after his first win of the season against Brentford, so uh, I think like that sounds to me like they'd mind made their mind up before the Brentford game, and regardless of the result, they were getting rid of him. But still a bit of a weird move. It's funny because it's a good result too. Brentford, uh, I don't know where they are on the ladder, but they're at least around mid-table. Yeah, and they'd been probably 14th now, but yeah. they were higher. They were. Um, it's, it is it is a decent result. So yeah, I think it does, like you say, go to show that they'd made their mind up. Yeah. Which is also fair enough. <laughs> yeah, to be, to be fair, like, I like Daniel Farker. I think from what I've seen, he's a good manager and the Norwich teams he's managed play good football and clearly dominate, dominate the championship and at times have shown signs in the, in the Premier League. But 
uh, it's it's been tried and tested for four and a half years now. Is how long he was at the club, and like you know, it's like the second time around, you come up to the Premier League and you start getting thrashed again. It's just kind of like okay, something's got to change here. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the time we we say with these sackings that a lot of people say with these sackings that oh, you just you, they should have gotten more time. It's not the case. Yes, <laughs> anymore. He's I had think. a lot of time. He's he's had all the time in the world. And yeah, and like he he said like a quote he came out with. He said. Um, like uh, football is a short-term business and that we were quite, him and his coaching staff, we were quite long-term in Norwich because we, it was made possible by various owners. And so like, I think he's pretty aware of the situation. Like he lasted a lot longer than possibly managers who get promoted to the Premier League, relegated, would, would last. And like credit to him, he got, he got them promoted again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably just time. You know, it's one of those like, okay, we, we gave this our best shot. Time to go in a different way. Interesting. Only the daily. It's only the Daily Mail that I've read this, but uh, Norwich ready to hold talks with Frank Lampard over vacant managerial role. I've seen that too. Apparently, they've opened talks. Yeah. So I like that for him more than I would like the Villa job. Yeah, I think like it's, it's similar. It's it's a much closer thing to what he had at Derby, and he was almost promoted to the Premier League with Derby, and like Norwich is a similar level team. I think. He could do something with that. Also, given what's just happened with Farker in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of the, the time that he's been given, you might, when they're opening talks, you can say, look, it's a big job to keep you in the Premier League this season. But, you know, the the vision for, for his career with Norwich might be a bit longer than that in yeah. terms of bringing them back up again. And, like, if Frank Lampard, I, I kind of like this for him as a coach because if he can keep Norwich up and then get Norwich into mid-table over the next few years... Until eventually, a bigger if if a bigger job comes calling, then that looks really good on his resume because it's going to be a, like they've won they have five points one win this season like it's going to be a tough job already like they're already like at least six or seven points off seventeenth. Uh, yeah, I, th- I I think that would be the only thing that might hold him back because I don't know if it's not going to be a, if he if he doesn't set out with them that it's going to be a long term thing over a few seasons. Um, and he fails to get him out of the, if he fails to keep him up this season, then that's just not a really good next thing to have on your resume. Yeah. So it's like it's like yeah, it's it's, it's how much does he back himself really? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would like to see that because I think I think Norwich I, I I don't I think they probably have the weakest squad in terms of the teams in the Premier League, probably on par with Watford or Burnley, but. They've definitely got some talent in there. Like Pookie's a good striker. They've got a decent backline. Like, but like the rest. Cam Wells like Cantwell's a good solid. young like creative players and like maybe Gallagher. So yeah, I mean a similar ilk. But and maybe you can bring one or two players in in January. I don't, I don't know what their funds are like. Uh, but yeah, I personally would would have a lot more respect for Frank Lampard if he takes this job and then does keep him up. But yeah. remains to be seen. Yeah. Anyone else you can see I, I, taking the job? No. Nah. It's tough. Like, I, if he hadn't just been sacked, I would have said Steve Bruce would be perfect for this type of thing. But Yeah, I, I saw his name come up. I wasn't sure whether it was for the Villa job or the Norwich job. But yeah, by his parting comments in Newcastle, it sounded like he's too keen to jump back into jump that. Jump straight back into it. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with both of them. Mm. So from sacked managers to hired managers, uh, a manager that when this particular club uh, started 
or sat initially sacked Steve Bruce, Newcastle. Sorry, I don't know why I was being facetious about that. <laughs> um, the, we gave a bunch of suggestions. If you go back a few episodes about who we thought it could be, and we tossed in the name Eddie Howe. And wouldn't you know it? Lo and behold, <laughs> did we both say it? I think we might have. Yeah. At least one of us suggested, but like we definitely both were like, yeah. It, like you had yours on your list, and I had mine on my list, and then yeah. we were like, yeah. So nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> predicted it called it whatever you want to you know say again it's it it's 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 a very good it's a very good appointment but yeah again the very public linking with different managers along the way and then seeming to sort of get to eddie howe who's who's um last job he was sacked from because he got relegated yeah it's i don't think it was the ideal appointment that lots of newcastle fans might have been looking for but, it wasn't a bigger name yeah but i th- I think it is a very very good um very very good appointment I, I think he's got a very high ceiling i think yeah surface level like you say it's not uh i mean unai emery. it's not a unai emery uh it's not a um <laughs> he's not unai emery it's not God a <laughs> i don't know who else like lucian Favre or anyone else they were linked with but like you said Zidane, Zidane, yeah, they were always going to get him. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a guy who's gonna who's who knows the Premier League, who did a lot with not much at Bournemouth. He's going to have a much bigger transfer budget, uh, arguably a slightly better squad than his last season at Bournemouth. And uh, his his seasons like that he did well with Bournemouth. On they, finished, they finished ninth one. one yeah, season. on pa- like like the, like you might say that on like they were better squads than what Newcastle have right now. But on paper, like they weren't really. It was just they were just very well managed. Newcastle have very good players, and if they, and if they're managed well, like they've got some average players, and like the midfield needs to be addressed. But like, there's no reason why he can't get the best out of Alan Saint Maximan, Miguel Almiron, you know, Joe Willock players of that, Callum Wilson players of that ilk. Well, yeah, that, uh, th- that's the other thing. He's, he's managed four players in the current Newcastle squad already. Oh, Callum Wilson, Wilson, Ryan Fraser, and there's two others that I can't remember right yeah, now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, those, but those two, like, yeah. But yeah, it's it's instant chemistry, obviously. And Callum Wilson really blew up at Bournemouth. Like, no one knew his name before Eddie Howe's Bournemouth team. So. Yeah, yeah, he, he got a call up. He got a call up for England um, during his time at Bournemouth. So, yeah. I think he can definitely do it. I think the the other thing is plays a very attractive brand of brand of football, which could make it difficult to potentially not concede too many um, in the run up to the end of the season. But but yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think he goes and signs um, a more dynamic centre back in the off in the January window and and a uh, better holding midfielder. I think that's the two areas he'll strengthen the most. I think. He'll, he never really had overly like super dynamic wingbacks at Bournemouth. It was like just like very sort of like stock, defend, get up a little bit, you know, do your throw-ins, whatever. But like, yeah, he was he was a very kind of like had one one really sturdy centre back and one sort of more athletic centre back. Like when he got Ake on loan from um, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, as um, quite a dynamic, but like sturdy midfield, and then pacey players up front. He'll have that with Almiron, Maximan, Willock, Wilson. So. Well, yeah, I mean, Ake could be a good shout to get in, really. True. Because you've got Lascelles, though, who's the big, the more sturdy, sturdy centre-back. Yeah. But inter- have you seen the the, the rumours that Newcastle want 
Mark and Andre Terstegen from Barcelona for what? fifty-five million. What? <laughs> yeah, that would be an incredible. Waste I don't know. Of I, don't, money. I don't know how much weight that rumor holds, but I've seen it. I've seen it on two separate occasions. So, does he want to leave? I, I've never even heard of him wanting to leave Barca. Maybe he wants to get out of the sinking ship. But I just suppose Barca would, be... Barca would just gobble up fifty-five million pounds. Yeah, right true. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that would be terrible on multiple fronts. They've got good two good keepers two in Dalo really and Debravka. Uh, also. Like, why would just anyway? Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, if it happens, that'd be wild. I'd be shocked. But uh, yeah, I think this overall, I think this is a really good appointment. I'm really. He took, I saw photos of his first training session today. He took with him. Uh, I'll be really keen. And he's and also a well timed disappointment too because he's got the whole international break. That's two weeks to work with him. I'm pretty sure barely any of his barely any of his squad are picked for the international team. Their international teams, maybe Almiron for Paraguay, but. So yeah, he's got a long time with, with all of those players to start sort of understanding each other. Yeah, and if I just quickly check who have Newcastle got their first game back? Oh, my thing's not loading. Brentford. Brentford. So that's a winnable game. That's a very winnable game. It is. And like to be fair, they've got Brentford, a tough game against us, and then they've got Norwich, Burnley, and then Leicester. So like that's. Three out of five games that are very winnable. Yeah, to, and to sort of stable things up before Leicester, Liverpool, Man City. Yeah, okay. Man well. United, Everton. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll see if he can build some confidence before that gauntlet. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go out there and, you know, not, not really stick, stick my neck out there, but I'm going to say this will be a successful appointment and he'll keep them up, at least. Yeah, I... I, I I agree. <laughs> like like most debates we have on this, uh, yeah, most uh, quote unquote debates, <laughs> not really debates. But anyway, time for another thing that we're not going di- to we're not going to disagree on. Um, another club has signed a manager during the week. Uh, the arguably top three biggest clubs in the world, Barcelona, have signed Xavi, uh, former Al Saad manager. Uh, <laughs> Talking like he's not an absolute legend of Barcelona during his playing days, but yes, former Barcelona playing legend, and uh, until a couple of days ago, Al Saad in Qatar coach to be their manager. Continuing this um, worrying trend of big clubs signing players who have little to no man- managerial experience, but were really once a good player for the club. So yes, he must be a good coach. This, I don't know where this theory came from, but I, I don't read it. Apparently, it's the third time Barcelona have approached him as well, so they wanted to do this sooner. Really? Yeah. Starting in... That is baffling. I think before the 2020 season. Yeah, because like his, his, his record with Al Saad, I've looked it up, is like he 91 matches in all competitions, 62 wins, 13 draws, 16 losses. On paper, that's great. At a points per match of 2.19. That's hey, That's sick. But like this is the Qatari league we're talking about. Like no disrespect, but like, w- like what competition are you playing against? Yeah. Like what t- real challenges as a manager do you encounter? Everyone in that team will be like, this guy is the best person. The amount of respect he would garner in that just by being shabby. Like I'm not saying that people won't respect him in the Barcelona dressing room, but like it takes a lot more to coach Barcelona than it does Al Sadd. Like there's like not to like you know sound quote a shitty quote but there's levels to this you know what yeah. I mean like <laughs> uh, yeah a hundred percent and 
again, it, it comes back to the, the fact that he doesn't have any experience. Um, co- coaching in the league is much different to coaching in the Qatari league. There's just and there's just so much to do at Barcelona yeah. too. Like you're not really going to be able to have any backing. There's good players there, good young players there that would probably respect him quite a lot coming out of the Barcelona academy, like Gavi and uh, Pedri and, and all that. But yeah, he takes on a big job. And what were you saying the other day? Like Barcelona's monetary things are so bad that he had to like pay his signing yeah. fee or something. I I saw that, and then I've read something maybe a bit more official that said that the president denied to sort of say where who who's paid the the release clause at Al Sadd. Gotta explain that poorly. <laughs> no, it just sounds like they're covering up the fact that he did it. <laughs> yeah. It seems that he played five million euros to release himself from Al Sadd. That's just like it's just so dire that Barcelona can't even afford to pay the release calls for their own. Manager. It was it was because of financial fair play, so they could probably they could afford. Ah, okay, but yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're pretty stoked they didn't have to spend that much yeah. money. <laughs> so yeah, like obviously he comes into Barca like they're like they're languishing in the Liga. Uh, they're in they're they're not doing two crash hot in the, at all in the Champions League. So what what's so like they're ninth in the Liga. Um, they're ten points off Madrid, I think, who were in, in third. Real Madrid are second. Uh, Real Sociedad are first. What? Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. So like they're 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 ten points, like you said, off Real Madrid, who are second. They're eleven points off Sociedad, who are first. Yeah, it's incredibly incredibly tough. Um, I think I think this season, what's what's like the, what's a reasonable expectation? Just get him back into the Champions League for next season. Yeah, top four has to be. Has to be. Like, yeah, like that's, Barcelona can't be in the Europa League. No way. It's true. No way. I mean, I mean, like, like look at look at the team. Like, no disrespect, but like, look at the team. Like, you've got Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, maybe. But like, like Real Sociedad, I don't see them staying. Like, like maybe they'll stay get get top four. But like. Real, after that, you got Real Betis, Real Vallecano, Osasuna, Athletic Bilbao, and Valencia that round out the top ten. And you got Villarreal in twelfth. Like, but but I'm just saying, I don't think they'll sack him if they don't quite make the Champions League next season. Maybe not. But I think it would be ridiculous management, which is fitting of Barcelona. Yeah, I think because he's got this club legend status, this somehow buys every one of these managers a bit of time. Yeah. But like, like obviously, he coming in. His expectations would be you have to make top four, and I mean, like they're second in their group right now on six points in the Champions League. But like, I don't, I don't think they're expecting to to make it very far in the Champions League. Maybe win the round, maybe make it to the quarterfinals. But like, that's that's at a push. Mm. I think they'll. Yeah, I, I think it'd be good if they made it out of the the group stage in the, in the Champions League. And got back into into the Champions League next season. I think that would be just yeah. just fine. And and finally, like, what do you think? Where do you think this obsession with hiring managers who don't have much experience but they're just legends comes from? We've seen it with Lampard. We've seen it with Ole. We've seen it with Xavi. We've seen it with Arteta. And the jury is really and he's not even a club legend, but like the jury is still out on Arteta. Like he's he's doing better now, but like it it doesn't really seem like it works for yeah. the most part. So like. Why do you think this is like a thing that, if you had to hazard a guess, like... Yeah, there, there definitely doesn't seem to be much footballing knowledge behind the appointments at all. 
Like I think Newcastle seem to have the most football knowledge behind it of, of recent times. I would say, but yeah, I, I think it's probably just a it's probably a media thing too. Yeah. Like it garners a lot of publicity when you announce Frank Lampard's the Chelsea manager, or less with Arteta. Do you think? It, do you think it comes from maybe? Because I think the the manager who maybe started all this whole thing but actually did successfully. I mean, I'm just thinking of it now. Is Zidane. He won three Champions Leagues. I, was, I, don't, I don't really know where he managed Pep before. Guardiola too. True, but was he was he a playing legend? Or was he just like a... He played at Barca. Yeah, yeah, true. I think he was decent, yeah. So now he had no management managerial experience before. I don't think so, no. Uh, so maybe it's... Become, I could be wrong on that, though. So, like, so, so maybe it's not a new thing, but like, I don't know. Like, maybe, it, yeah, Pep Guardiola's success and uh, Zidane's success, and it's just like, okay this must be a thing and now it's like it's not worked with Lampard it's not working with Ole it wasn't working for a long time with Arteta and I, I, it'll be very interesting to see if it works with Xavi <laughs> I, th- I think it just comes from the fact that you know they, they should have good football knowledge because they were great players and if it works it's like a crazy media thing for the, for yeah. the club yeah. that would probably g- generate revenue and if it doesn't work they just go to the next person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it is a bit of a weird obsession, and I I don't I don't really like it that much. No, just seems like there's a lot of. It just seems that there's no sort of managers, or there's less managers these days who sort of built themselves up, like, and and they're the best ones: Klopp, Tuchel, Guardiola, in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 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 and like yeah, and then like you know like legends like you know your Ancelotti's and stuff like. And like, like you got Rafa Benitez. I'm like no, like no disrespect to Everton, but like Rafa Benitez was like this like amazing manager who was like you know years in the game, and then he was coaching in China, and yeah. ever, at least he's back in the Premier League now. But like, it's just that, like people are favoring these people who have no experience over these guys who have years and years and years of it. I don't know. Maybe maybe you know I haven't just caught up. Maybe I'm call me old fashioned. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah, but anyway, uh, one thing before we sign off is just quickly, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe making the England squad. Oh, did he? I yeah. thought you said he didn't. He didn't, but then he did. Okay. He got called up like a day or two after. Oh, he was on the wait, the Gareth's wait list. Yeah, <laughs> so he got called up. So uh, we love we love to see that. We do love fully, to see that. Fully deserved. Shout out, the boy. That is pretty great. That is pretty great. For games against... Armenia and someone, but anyway. Yeah, I gotta say, um, not a huge fan of the international break, but uh, no, this is the last one for the year, thankfully. So yeah, but maybe we can uh, catch up on the Champions League next week. Oh yes, we can. We, we can, we'll, we'll do a bit of because like the reason we haven't watched a lot of Champions League is because, well, for me at least, the stand sport highlights are just god awful. Like they're painful to watch. Yeah, and I, I don't want to pay for stand sport. Exactly. Either, yeah. So we'll we'll do our bit. Watch the very badly chopped together stand sport highlights, and we'll come come with you with some Champions League takes before everything resumes. Uh, the week after the next. The week after next. Anyway, um, follow us on Instagram at uh, the forty yard switch dot pod, and follow us on Spotify the forty yard switch. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.